0: Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now let's get into today's podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Peter, it's so good to get back with you again. It is. Thanks for, uh, thanks for speaking with me. This is great. Oh, well thanks for letting me be on the podcast. I I learned so much from you and I'm, I'm excited. Um, it's interesting because you've actually touched on this subject a little bit before and it was the, the title of your podcast today is five reasons to have a long-term care contingency plan. Uh, like I said, you, you've touched on it in the past, but it has been a while. I mean, it was probably fifty to sixty episodes ago. Um, you know, so why are you bringing this back up now?
2: Great question. You know, back in uh, it was all the way back in 2019. I think it was episode 11, uh, contingency planning and retirement in long-term care. So it's it's a similar conversation, um, and and we've had many other discussions about healthcare in general, just as such a vital, important topic for for families. Uh, But this is, to me, such a vital, important topic that we just need to keep on addressing. I I just don't think most families have addressed the planning issue, and I think it's vital they do so. Uh, I I, I suspect, unfortunately, this will be an evergreen topic, like like tax planning and investment planning that planners like me are just going to keep on talking to our clients about. It's that important.
1: Yeah. And I know there's a ton of different directions that this conversation could go, but what's today's focus?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm really, I'm anxious for our society and, 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 and frankly, for the families we serve. You know, and I, and I just use this as an example. I, I was at a gathering of, of, of high school and college friends over the weekend. So these are people I've known forever. And the 10 of us were, are all about, basically we're all the same age. Um, they're all really good friends. And, and, and I just, describe all of us as is is affluent, you know, very, we've all done well, frankly, and hardworking professionals and business owners and, you know, we're all we all have different backgrounds and circumstances but but, you know, we're we're all we've we've all done it, and it it feels great. Uh, we, We all have kids. Some of them are some of us are married, some are divorced, we and we're all still working. Uh, we're, but we're right there at retirement. You know, we're, we're X amount of years. Some of us are, are uh, that, may, that may happen sooner than later. Others of us will, will keep on working for a while because we want to. Um, and, but here's my point. We all have had some, we've all had some experience with aging parents and grandparents. And, and chronic diseases like Alzheimer's, dementia, pulmonary disease, heart disease, cancer, accidents like falls and we've all in some way been involved in management of their care which is just amazing to me so 10 people in the room all of us have had have had this experience and, and, you know some of us it's, it's been short term care and others it's been a really long time like like 10 years plus um, and, and you know just as an example during this gathering two of my friends were currently managing their parents care you know, right right as we're as we're having fun um, they're concerned about their parents. Uh, One friend's mother had fallen, and she was uh, trying to arrange care for her at her independent living facility, which is a, a fairly expensive continuing care community in, in the Boston area. Uh, she and she said a couple times how lucky she was and her, her and her mom was that her father, who's passed many years, but he had accumulated enough to provide for for his uh, surviving wife in in the way that that she. Would, would make her comfortable. Uh, the other friend was dealing with both parents living in uh, a state hours away by plane. And, and both parents are currently needing 24 hour home health care. And at, at, at the last minute, this was um, that morning, uh, the home health aides uh, that they'd hire couldn't, couldn't show up. So she was on the phone for hours trying to arrange the care and it was stressful and difficult, and she was scared because, because of her parents' situation. Um, fortunately, it, it, it all worked out, um, and, and, and that's good. Um, and then, I, I just as I'm thinking about this, I was at another dinner uh, the, the, the last week um, with two other friends, and both of them were currently managing care for their mother and their mother-in-law. So it's just, I, I, and that's why I felt like this was an important conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and just because of our conversations before, it sounds to me like you're talking about custodial care, not just medical care, because it's 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 more involved.
2: It, it really is. Uh, I, I'd expect that everyone has experienced healthcare in their in their world, but but we are talking about custodial care, and that's really you know is get get right down to it. it's helping people. With um, activities of daily living, which which, as defined by by Congress, is is transferring, toileting, eating, dressing, bathing, incontinence. and continence. And it was a shock to me that ten out of ten and had this experience in in, in the past, and 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 really, uh, two out of the ten were currently dealing with these issues. And then my two other friends were dealing with it as well. Um, so the demographics of, of uh, suggest that these issues are, are becoming a, a really a, such a great burden for baby boomers um, as baby boomers age a- and in the, in the medical care is keeping people alive longer so there's just more susceptible uh, to these kind of custodial issues, uh, I also believe that the, that the cost and the complexity of finding caregivers is, is, is just gonna get worse. You know, finding appropriate caregivers is, is, is hard and it's getting harder and, and wages, are, I think are going to go up. Um, I think that there's a, a, a lack of appropriate facilities in many places across the US. Some, some places have plenty and others just don't have enough. And I think that's gonna drive up costs as well.
1: Peter, those are incredibly important questions. And, and I mean, I gotta be honest, it's It's really hard to think about those and it's kind of depressing. I mean the entire issue is kind of depressing thinking about your parents aging, thinking about struggles and, and then of course finances. Um, how many people that you speak with really want to have these discussions with you?
2: Yeah, I, I think this is this is a, a, a bigger problem. Uh, I think it's, a, it's a really of a societal problem that we just need to confront or, and at least deal with. you know how, how does our, our society, our our communities treat those in need. you know uh, and I'm not necessarily talking about those in financial need, although there are certainly many of those. but I'm talking about uh, th- those that are, are are vulnerable and that just need care. Um, you know, how do we treat them? Who, who's going to pay for this care? You know we we aren't we aren't coming up with with that solution today. But I do believe that, that each family needs to answer, answer these questions for themselves. How do I, or you know, we basically want to be treated if and when we're unable to care for ourselves? And, and then there's that second question we need to answer is, how will that care be paid for? Yeah, I mean,
1: this is such a challenging question for every family out there.
2: It is, and uh, I, I certainly agree. And and, and this is the, the challenge planners have is that the important issues, uh, that are hard to talk about um, especially with those clients that haven't had personal experience with the issues and here I'm talking about younger clients in their 40s and 50s and you know that's that's a time that they need to be planning and thinking about it frankly uh, that you know the, the our, our clients who are in their 40s and 50s they just seem to think they're more pressing priorities and you know maybe they're right <laughs> because they've got a lot of things on their plate too um, However, it's it's actually pretty likely that that our spouse or our kids or some other relative will somehow need to be involved in our custodial care at some point in our in our life. And, and with that in mind, uh, what what I what I'm talking today about is 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 really is talking about those five reasons we should all develop a, a long-term care contingency plan. And it's 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 basically just. Sitting down, maybe with a planner, and thinking about things, asking questions. So I'm, I'm going to spend a few minutes um, really mapping out those those five th- those five questions that, that they need to really ask themselves uh, or or consider. So the first is really, and these are comments as well, but just thoughts. You know, it can happen to anyone. And, and it really isn't about choice. I, I think it's an important thing to think about. Um, you know, I hear this from clients all the time that it probably won't happen to me. And, and I thought it would be good to unpack that a bit. So, so you know, I think the tendency to think it won't happen to me comes from being a human being and we tend to be an optimistic species. <laughs> there's there's a, such a thing called optimism bias. And this refers to our tendency to overestimate our likelihood of experiencing positive events and underestimating our likelihood of experiencing negative events. We have a bias in thinking without really any evidence that bad things won't happen to us. They may happen to other people, but they don't happen to us. Uh, and And even when we're confronted with actual evidence, we 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 often discount that evidence and assume it just won't happen. You know, I, and here I'm thinking about all the statistics about about long term care and, and how long we might need it and when we might need it. I find that that's not really a compelling reason for people. Um, you know, we think we control we can control all aspects of our health and our physical body better than other people, and you know because I exercise, I eat right, and I oh, this will protect me, but it's not that easy. You know, and another example um, uh, y- y- is that, that people think that that because my, my parents, not my parents, but 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 our clients, parents who we speak to, because they d- had a certain experience, they might have died suddenly, didn't need custodial care, and that's how I want to go, therefore, I don't need to think about it. You know, well, fam- family history and genetic makeup plays a role in, in how you age and your experience, but it, there's there's not not necessarily the case but because your parents did or didn't experience something that doesn't mean you well um you know or or some people say i'd never let myself become a burden i'll end my own suffering i hear that a lot (laughs) frank wow that's a that's kind of morbid (laughs) it is morbid and um I, i i i think i know where that comes from um but but you know that may not be possible you know, it depends upon your specific situation. You know, first, do you live in a state that allows it? <laughs> do they allow assisted suicide? Um, will your family agree to it? Will you be cognitively able to make that kind of decision when the time comes? You know, so these—it's a lot easier said than actually done. Yeah. So, so it happens to anyone, and it isn't our choice. Is is number one. The second reason we need a, a long-term care uh, plan of some sort—it's—it's it's much more expensive than we we think. Uh, just people underestimate the cost of of care, and here are some facts. Whether people are going to believe me or not, it's really expensive, and there's a wide range of costs depending upon the kind of care you, you someone needs. Uh, will you need 24-hour day care? Do you need someone coming in for a few hours a day or a week? Do you, do you need to be in a facility of some of some sort, like a nursing home or assisted living? You know, in Massachusetts, and we're not that different than than other parts of the country. Maybe a little bit more expensive, but the average cost is is more than six thousand to twelve thousand dollars per month for facility care. Assisted living might be a little bit less than nursing home care, but that's a lot of money if you annualize it, even on a monthly basis. And, and then 24-hour day care at home can even be more expensive. It's, it's, it's really something. So because it's so expensive, you know, the question that we, we often ask is, have you modeled these potential costs in your plan? You know, how, how long might care be necessary? Where will the fund co- funds come from to pay for that care? Is it gonna come from taxable retirement accounts? Uh, will stocks or bonds need to be liquidated and will there be addiction, additional tax costs or transaction costs uh, like capital gains? And, and then how will your survivors fare if, if your estate is reduced by you know, 100,000, 250,000, $500,000? And are you and they you know, is everyone okay with that expense? So, you know, one consideration when we think about costs is just consider transferring that pina- potential financial cost to an insurance company, if possible. You know, I always think about insurance in terms of big mistake, little mistake. I think I've probably mentioned that in past podcasts. Uh, you know, premiums of the little mistake. It's a known expense that, that I can budget and afford. Uh, but the potential cost of long-term care, in the magnitude of, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, is the big mistake. And if if me and my family are are perfectly okay, assuming that big mistake expense, then maybe okay, maybe I don't need to worry about the the, the you know insuring it, which is fine. Uh, I just you need to be thoughtful about it. So it's really about talking about this uh, use of money decision. You know what's What's my family's best use of money? So, so reason number three, it's really hard work being a caregiver. So if, if, you, if you need care, you could, someone might be there for you, uh, but is your loved one up for that task? Is that what they want? Is that what you want? You know, providing care for an aging spouse or a parent It's just physically difficult and and, and emotionally draining. It really is. Not that it can't be done and and people can do it wonderfully, but again, is that what you want? Do you really want your spouse or or waking up in the middle of the night, uh, caring for you, helping you bathe, uh, keeping you physically safe, lifting you, does your spouse or, or child have those skills? Those, you, you have to learn how to do these things, especially the lifting and the physical aspects of it. Um, you know, if your kids have families and careers of their own, how will your needs affect them? Uh, will you need to move in with them? And how is that going to affect their family life? And since we don't know what your future, your long-term care needs might be, it's really impossible to answer all of these questions. But, but one thing I feel really strongly about is that, that you have to have these discussions with your family, with your spouse, with your kids, uh, with, you know, the, 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 the people that you think might be willing to 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 be there for you. And let them know what your wishes and desires are, you know, how, how you want to be treated, where you want to be treated. Is it at home or in a facility? Uh, are you going to do you want to absolutely stay in your hometown or near your community or would you be willing to move to another part of the country? Uh, so, you know, these are, are really important discussions to have. And I think you also, one needs to be realistic about, about how hard it is, is and, and how your situation may, may be difficult to care for someone in your home. You know, do you, do you, do you, is your current bedroom on the second floor? Uh, can you put in a lift to go from the first to the second floor? Are the bathrooms usable for someone that might need assistance toileting and bathing? Um, so it, it's not that you need to have a solution to all these questions, but I think it's worth questioning and asking: Are these it, it, are these issues for you? Um, so it's not that you know. The, the, I think that these questions should be thought about years in advance because if you have a plan, um, you, you, where you want to be, when you want it to happen. Um, I think people are going to be able to, to, to get the care they need, but it's about having that plan.
1: Yeah. And, and it's, it's so interesting, Peter, because my wife and I've had this discussion and it was actually sparked by one of the podcasts you and I did a while back. And, and we, we had talked about uh, long-term, just briefly, just, I think you just actually mentioned it, but it brought it back to my, to my mind. And we were talking about it. And my wife is Hispanic. And one of the things that she said is look, you know, in, in the Hispanic families, you know, we take care of our own, you know, we, we're not, they are not moving into a facility. Nobody's going to move into a facility. If my mom or dad need help and da da dah, You know, so she, she had this idea in her, her head that that's what it w- should be like, which I agree. If you have family that can take care of a loved one, that's perfect. However, you know, she's basing that off of what she saw when she grew up which was, you know, God bless her, 30 some odd years ago, 35 years ago when she was that young to see that kind of family interaction, people were still stay-at-home moms. People were still able to help provide services. Uh, my wife and I both work outside the home and I had to talk to her about that. I was like, you do understand that, you know, today is different. And, and as much as families want to be able to help take care of family members, you also have to be able to pay the bills. And so if two of us are working, who's going to be there to take care of mom or dad or my mom or dad? Because we talked about my my parents as well. And so it was kind of an eye-opening discussion to have because she thought, well, yeah, you're kind of right. And then, of course, I said, and you also still want to be able to spoil the grandkids. And that also takes money. So what are we going to do? <laughs> and then, you know, then she's like, oh, wait a second. So, but it's without having that discussion, just like you said, and, and starting to talk about a plan, um, you don't know and and you you have no idea the true cost mentally, physically, and all that, um, it, that it's gonna take a toll on the family altogether. Not that you don't love them just as much. It's just it's you're probably loving them more by making sure they're taken care of by a professional or taken care of in a professional facility. So I, I think that's great. And I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I know you're on number four, but I just thought it was it was very interesting because I know people's mindsets can kind of get stuck, right? Thinking, oh, I need to take care of them. Well, can you? Yeah,
2: I, I, these are just the conversations to have to be honest and frank uh, about what it might look like. We don't know how it's going to play out, but but just you know, think about it. How is that going to take place? And then the f- number four, uh, the reason to have a plan is because the sooner you develop a plan, the better off everyone is. You know, don't wait until it's too late to make these decisions. Uh, and to frame the problems, to 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 come up with some sort of of, of solution, you know. So you know, the other thing I think is and, important around this is is make decisions today that are, are going to give you pleasure now, You're not just not just in twenty years. So just as an example, you know, if you live in an older home that needs lots of ongoing maintenance, and while you've enjoyed doing it. Um, maybe it's getting time to get off those ladders, you know, <laughs> not worry about fixing and maintaining all the time. And maybe a newer home will allow you and your, and your spouse to to stay at home for longer, you know, just be more, more, more flexible for, for everyone and, and, and comfortable and, and allow for kids and grandkids to visit. Um, so it's just thinking ahead. If you're, if you're making a move to another part of the country, you know, is, How's the healthcare in that location? Um, are there facilities that could be utilized? Uh, if, if you're up in, in, our, in, in the New England area, if you're moving up to, to, to you know, Northern Maine, which is beautiful and wonderful, um, that comes at a, 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 at a risk. There, there aren't the healthcare facilities right nearby compared to the way they are in right around the Boston area. So just think about those things. And then, and then finally, um, you know, understand how the modeling and financial piece of long-term care fits in. So, based on your discussion, um, you know, d- how do we pay for this if, if that happens? You know, if you opt for insurance, the younger you are, um, the, 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 the more likely you'll be able to get it because you may be in good health, and also the less expensive it is. Uh, so, j- these are, just, are considerations about doing this kind of planning sooner than later. And then finally, the most important reason is because you love someone. (laughs) You know, it isn't that the most important reason you plan. Um, You care for your spouse, your kids, your your cousins. So you you just want to be. You don't want to be a burden, and you want to be thoughtful. And I know this sounds tough, but you know, ask that question of yourself: What will the people I love say about me? You know, if and when I need care or assistance, are are they saying? Will they say that? I really thought ahead. I thought about them. I, I, I not only thought about myself, which is important, but I thought about them. Uh, so, you know, it, 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 I think it's vital to to have have these conversations with others as well as yourself. Um, so, and, and I think by doing this, you're going to get closer to meeting your your personal care objectives. I think just you know, to me, you have a plan, uh, you're, you're 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 more likely to be successful in anything.
1: Okay. So let's, let's talk about that plan because these are five really, really important reasons, but how exactly do you plan for long-term care?
2: Well, I think the first thing you can do is educate yourself. So, you know, understand the difference between custodial care versus medical care, understand um, what insurance pays for and what they don't, Uh, they typically don't pay for a lot of custodial care. Um, Medicaid Medicaid doesn't Medicare doesn't either. Um, So, it's an important distinction. And then then think about the conditions that, that might cause a need for custodial care. Now, it may be obvious to you uh, and, and to me because I, we've experienced it, but many people haven't. So I think, you know, look and, and talk to people, um, caregivers, families that have, have, have provided care. What's their experience, uh, you know, from both a care perspective and from a financial perspective? I don't think you need to do deep research here, but 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 get a sense of, of of what these issues are. Talk to professional caregivers, ask them what they see, you know, understand the the, the potential solutions to, to, to certain problems. You know, you don't need to become an expert, but but I think you need to familiar familiarize yourself with with possible solutions, the big picture stuff. Um, and finally, I think your, your financial planner should be able to answer a, a lot of questions, should really be able to frame what some of these issues are. So that's the number one thing, educate yourself. Secondly, I, I, you know, being a numbers guy, being a financial planner, I think mo- financial modeling uh, should be something we, we do in, as part of our plan. So think about modeling these, uh, these contingency issues uh you know that makes sense for you and your family and how do these solutions affect your finances both your own personal and then and then your survivors um, and then third if if you do that kind of modeling uh, and and you want to take a look at at, at the insurance side of of, of 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 these plans uh take a look at the costs and the benefits um Maybe that insurance solution can meet your needs. This conversation is not about the specific solution to insurance, but I think it's just an important thing to consider, there are lots of options today. And uh, again, your financial planner should be able to show you options and, and, and discuss costs and benefits with you. Yeah,
1: and, and again, there, there's so many unknowns in, in just the discussion that we've had so far, you just, nobody knows. I mean, again, if we all had a crystal ball, this would be much easier and you'd be out of a job. But <laughs> bottom line is we don't, right? Um, and it's obviously, it's it's a very thoughtful thing to plan around, you know, long-term care. Uh, and it, in my opinion, I'm sure that you would back me up on this. It's going to be really beneficial, right? It's going it, to it absolutely be beneficial to plan. It just seems so hard to do. And I just, I'll, I'll have, I have small confession. My wife and I had that discussion a couple months ago, and we've done nothing so far about it. You know, we didn't, we didn't do a plan. We just talked about it and kind of left it after, you know, after our dinner discussion or whatever it was,
0: we just kind of left it
1: there. And, uh, you know, we, I, we maybe I didn't prioritize it enough. You know, there's, a, there's always something else. There's work, family, there's vacation. Um, there's, I don't know, there's lots of things, taxes, you know, investment planning. Uh, all those seem to be more important than this and, and more of an immediate discussion to have
2: on a scale of one to 10, based upon your age and your circumstance, maybe those are the priorities that need to be addressed then. So I'm not trying to say everything needs to be addressed right now, that this is the most important thing that everyone needs to address, but it should be on your list. And I think that's the planner's challenge. Um, And that's why, frankly, I recommend that people work with a professional, someone that can keep these important issues on your planning list. You know, just every year, every six months, however long you're talking to them, uh, you get get the priorities and then work through the list and it's going to be a list that never ends. I I hate to tell you that, but but there's always something Uh, if if you can't get to it in 2021. Well, let's let's recover from this global pandemic. Let's uh, do all the things that you want to do in 21 and then let's pick it up again in 22. you know, your planner is going to keep it as a priority. Sometimes it's hard to do without that third party, because again, priorities get in the way. But but remember, we just can't do everything at the same time. And the goal is to is to keep moving forward. You know, do as the best we can with what we have, time we have, the money we have, the resources, and then you know, focus on your family, focus on the things that give you pleasure. And it, that's vital too. So mental health is just as important as financial health.
1: Um, so keep it on the list. Well, it, it's funny because my my wife has a honeydew list for me, right? And so I think what I'm going to do, Peter, is I'm going to make a honey we do list. And this needs to go on it, right? Something that we both need to address and, and do and not avoid the topic, uh, not like either one of us has so far. But It is a touchy subject, and so that's something that we we uh, we need to just buckle down and and do. So, thank you so much for the reminder. And and since I do speak to you about on a weekly basis at this point, keep reminding me, would you? (laughs) All right, Peter. Thank you so much. Another great podcast, great information. Um, I know the audience appreciates it, and I appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Eric. It was great chatting about it, and I'm sure we'll be talking about this topic and its its related um, issues in the future.
1: All right. Thanks again, Peter. And of course, our last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors, securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC, investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.